Welcome to MRS Bulletin's Materials News Podcast, providing breakthrough news and interviews with researchers on hot topics in materials research. My name is Laura Lay. For many of us, a fundamental understanding of nature was what led us to become scientists. In biology, there are many mysteries to solve surrounding the self-assembly of molecules and larger structures. One collaboration led by a group at Northwestern University has now gained insight into biochirality. You can imagine it's a chain of carbons and then a head group that is an amino acid. And the amazing story that amino acids can be right-handed, left-handed, and they can assemble differently depending on that chirality. Monica Alverda de la Cruz works on soft matter and self-assembly, so she's intimately familiar with these molecules. I have two parts that they prefer. One part, the water, and the other one is hydrophobic. And they self-assemble to hide the parts of them that don't want to be in the water. So these molecules form many structures that are very similar to structures that are found in biological systems. Um, For example, cell membranes. These amphiphilic molecules were submerged in solution and the pH was varied. Using the intense photon source at Argonne National Lab, X-ray scattering showed that at low pH, molecules with a 16-carbon tail formed interdigitated crystalline bilayers, but as the pH increased, these lipid bilayers roll up. At very high pH, this scroll shape becomes stretched out, forming a spiral. Sumit Kavala-Ramani has a great example for visualising this. You have uh, these ribbons on gift wrappings, right? So they are elongated, they have a natural curvature based on how they have been manufactured. Similarly, chirality gives that curvature and these are elongated, so they by themselves twist into helices. Instead of ribbon, if I extend it in both dimensions, you cannot make helix. You will have to have overlaps between them. The scroll and spiral shapes were also seen for molecules with 12 and 14 carbon tails, and the degree of ionisation is what controls the shape, and this in turn is controlled by the external conditions. This phenomenon is incorporated into a membrane energetics model. The membrane energetics model considered just two parts. One is the electrostatic energy because all the molecules are charged, although screened because they're in a solution with ions. And the other part is they don't like water, the tails. On the edges, the tails are exposed to water. So they want to minimize their perimeter so as to reduce contact with the water. So when they are highly charged, they want to be extended. That reduces the electrostatic energy. But when you screen the charges, they can grow in, the, in both directions because that reduces the perimeters. The simulations, also the theory that uh, uh, Summit was talking about was very illuminating. That told us more about in which regime we were expecting to have something that will not grow laterally. You know, if it was a strongly charged, then it could only grow in one dimension, but not laterally because that was creating too much um, electrostatic repulsion. It's like if you put charge more and more and more in a region, you have to cancel it by some of the solution ions, and that causes a lot of uh, entropy decrease. So they, they, to balance that, they just decide to grow in a limited way. The model moves us one step closer to building entire cells in the lab and could lead to the development of nanotechnology, such as drug delivery and electronics. 
These discoveries were made possible by a multidisciplinary team using molecular dynamics to help interpret the X-ray scattering data. From the X-rays, we got information from the long length scales, like what is the radius of these helices, what's the pitch of these helices. MD simulations were used to study the local packing, and we fit those wide-angle diffraction data with MD, different parameters in MD model, and we were able to figure out, yes, the tails are tilted. Other experimental techniques also really helped determine the structures, as Michael Bedzik explains. We also complemented the scattering with x-rays with cryo-electron microscopy, which was very important for actually seeing the scroll shapes. And likewise, in-situ atomic force microscopy. Both of those were very important aspects to really prove that we had these scrolls or twisted ribbons. Discoveries like this elegantly demonstrate why multidisciplinary teams can really push the boundaries of what we know. Joseph McCourt, lead author on the paper, explains how complementary these techniques are using an analogy developed by his co-author, Sumit. Sumit has a great analogy for like how useful it is to have the sort of real pictures of these cryo-TM or the atomic force microscopy or electron microscopy images. When we do x-ray scattering, we can look at like the whole neighborhood of structures and all the different ones they form. Or if you look at AFM or real space images, you're getting just like one house. So you really get to dig into like what one of these houses in the neighborhood looks like and you're knocking on that door as opposed to x-ray scattering, you get to see this, the whole town uh, and if how robust these structures are in an entire group of them. But then we can zoom in on one to get more of the features. This work was published in a recent issue of ACS Central Science. My name is Laura Lay from the Materials Research Society. For more news, log on to the MRS Bulletin website at mrsbulletin.org. Follow us on Twitter at mrsbulletin. Don't miss the next episode of MRS Bulletin Materials News. Subscribe now. Thank you for listening.